Hi, hello purple people. We're back with another special episode of PP UK. We've got a really exciting episode today. I'm here with uh, my old pal Paddy. Hello there. Um, sorry, I should say this is Andy speaking to you. It's just me and Paddy. It's a power trio. And the third, uh, the third, the third side of our triumvirate is someone I've been really wanting to talk to ever, I di- ever since I discovered his writing about Prince Online, which for my money is some of the best critiques of Prince's work I've seen, I want to say in a long time, but I'm just going to say ever. And this is a fellow who goes under the mysterious punning name, Tora Borealis. Hello, Tora. How are you? Hello. Hi. And uh, yeah, thanks for the show. And, uh, yeah, yeah thank, thank you for inviting me on. Oh, we had to talk to you because... Um, you know, as some of you who listen to PPUK might know, we really like Prince here, right? And we don't just put it on for you guys. We spend, like you guys do too, most of our lives thinking about Prince. And of course, I found myself one day going online. I can't remember what I was looking for, but it was Prince related. And I came across your website, Tora, and your website, we're going to plug it right from the get-go, is 500printsongs.com. And that's the number 500. Don't spell it out. It's 500printsongs.com, in which you are amazingly picking your 500 top print songs, ranking them, and writing a short and colourful and entertaining essay on each. So then I showed it to Paddy and the other guys at PPUK, and we were like, all over you, dude. So that's why you're here, and we just need to know everything about you in relation to Prince, and we just want to pick your little purple brains until they're scrambled <laughs> all over the floor. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Andy. And um, yeah, I've been. It's good to talk to you as well, just since you like, uh, reached out. We've been uh, exchanging a few uh, geeking out messages about Prince over the old uh, Twitter DM. So it's good to actually uh, chat in person about my uh, favourite subject. And um, yeah, I. Um, may go on a bit so i think we need to uh <laughs> yeah right because yeah just to, just on the subject of geeky messages it's typically i'll read an entry on your list and then i'll sort of contact you and go you put you put this one at number 424 what were you thinking <laughs> and then we'll talk about it so there's loads of there's loads of discussion that i lists. get that a lot <laughs> of course of course i don't care where you rate things i care <laughs> about i care about what you think about the songs and why you like them and how you talk about them but i love discussing this stuff but i'm not scandalized by you know, many of your choices. Let me throw it open to Paddy, who, who I think has a question about, uh, you know, how you started with all this. Yes. So how did you start with all this? No. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for that, Andy. That's uh, <laughs> throw me a sweetie and then take it one away. I know, um, right? He's, he's already let the cat out of the bag, really, I suppose. And as far as uh, original questions go, this isn't that original, but entirely salient <laughs> to the interview. <laughs> so I guess... I guess the first thing uh, we would like to know is just that uh, at some point somebody hears a becomes aware of Prince. I, I'm sure you've got a story to tell, as we've all told ours. So, so please commence. Yeah, well, I came to Prince quite late in life, really. I mean, I was aware of him as a, a child, but I, I was 11 when Bat Dance came out, and I remember liking that. And then the next one was Get Off. I remember taping that off the Top 40 radio. But other than the singles, I, I never really, um, it was never a big part of my life until I was, um, until I went to uni, uh, I was 19. And uh, 19 is such an intense age. You know, the world is just so vibrant then, just new where, experiences. Where, where did you go to uni and what were you doing? Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah. And, um, and you were studying p- funk. 
creative imaging it was called which was basically just a uh, a, a knockoff graphic design course <laughs> Excellent. Uh, um and uh yeah, it's. Um, it, I mean, that that was a year that you know, my first love, my first heartbreak, but le- leaving um, the parental home for the first time, and like Princeless kind of um, soundtrack to that. Was there someone who got you into him, or did it, you, it, he just caught your ear somewhere? Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose I first heard we had a new, uh, had a group of friends at uni, that, a new group of friends that we used to hang out in each other's um, rooms in the halls of residence, and like after we'd been out and. Um, one of my mates had the hits album, both hits albums, not the B-sides, and they would soundtrack our after-hours uh, parties. And I really imprinted on them. I, um, I like, re- would request to, <laughs> to hear that whenever we were in her room. And I, at the time I was going out with um, someone that I started dating at art college, who was a massive Prince fan. It was her thing. She was really into him. But it never rubbed off on me when we were seeing each other. Um, she never played in, in my presence, so... I was still blissfully unaware. And uh, there may be a, um, a point with like trying to make this long distance relationship work when it wasn't working that I then transferred these uh, feelings, of, that my first love feelings onto Prince. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure that I've, it's not something that I consciously thought about at the time, but looking back, I was thinking, well, there's a lot of emotion there. It had to go somewhere. So maybe what really set me off down this purple rabbit hole was in May 1999, Basement Jacks did a essential mix on Radio One where they featured the song All the Critics Love You in New York. And that was the first time I heard a spin song that wasn't a single or on the hits. Uh-huh. And it just showed this whole hidden dimension <laughs> to him. And it blew my mind. I can't believe that it sounded I... so contemporary. This one track from 1982, like hearing it in 1999. And I went out the next day and bought, um, well, tried to buy 1999, but um, the record shop didn't have that. So I was trying to decide which other Prince albums that they had to get. It was a leap of faith back then. You didn't have Spotify. Uh-huh. And uh, I settled on Purple Rain because um, I was the long distance relationship stopped working. I was going out with someone you called, called Mickey. And I thought I'd be able to oh, make wow. Darling Mickey into a, and put it on a mixtape. This and is it's a real clear as soon as I got it home that I'm like, that was going to happen. It wasn't that type of relationship. Um, this but... is a real Desert Island Discs interview of like <laughs> your, your life and Prince intertwining and all the little correspondences between the songs and your life. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was hooked from that point on. And then every, rec- every music shop I went in after that, I immediately went to the P section and tried to fill out all the holes in my back catalogue. Yeah, we've all been there many a time. Uh, what? Uh, what ju- judging from your list and the way you write about stuff which we will get to in a bit but you, i think you were probably quite a lot into hip-hop and sort of a lot of 90s dance music and stuff am i right am i wrong were you, were you very eclectic before you got hooked on prince um yeah that was my i think i'm in 90s early 90s i you know hit the teens um so i was really into the hip-hop uh, rave was big in the early 90s and then towards the end of the 90s big beat uh-huh. <laughs> um and uh, uh yeah it, it's kind of got into more genres as as of um got older but and prince has helped with that because he you know he covers so many of them but yeah i think the uh 90s were an eclectic time i'm, I'm still reeling reeling from a non 
a non-Prince thing here because I was born, brought up, and still live in Huddersfield. So, oh yeah, yeah, I'm Spent four years now. of my life there, yeah, so, and I bet you didn't want to come back. Either. That that was the site of um, where I first got imprinted on Prince. I mean, oh well, that's 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 great. If nothing else, I love it. I love it. Oh dear. Well, what one of the suggestions I think to give people who who may not be familiar with your work a little bit of a taster. Um, Andy had a, a great idea that we uh, prepped you to uh, give us a little bit of a little bit of a, a flavour and a reading from the man himself. Would you like to uh, give us one of your entries? You don't have to give away where it sits on the oh, no, 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 Borealis scale, and we you... we're going to be very careful to not go too far into what's where. No, 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 that... you totally have to give away where it sits. Oh, do, yeah. that, do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I were listening to this, I would immediately want to know where this man has rated this thing. You see, yeah, I'm, you, you, I'm obviously yeah. overly protective of our guests. I don't I, 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 I've got an idea, right? Why don't we do it this way, right? Why don't you tell us the song, read out your bit, not tell us the number, and then from how positive or otherwise it is, we'll guess where it is in the top 500, and then you can tell us. Okay, I haven't actually noted where I've, I've put these. I've, I've put them on my phone, and I'll go, um, fi- I'll go I find it. Included numbers, I, but, so I know roughly where, but I haven't memorised them all. I'm, I'm I'm very disappointed that you can't remember all <laughs> all all the way down to twenty two. That's that's dreadful. <laughs> uh, well, I keep I keep like coming across like old entries. And I'm like, what? I put it there. I I yeah. upset myself. Oh, you even argue with yourself. This is what, yeah, yeah. this is why, this Love is why it. these are, it's rich pickings to debate Prince. Yeah. <laughs> you, you even, you even hate, end up hating yourself. Okay. Let's, let's hear uh, what song you're going to talk about. Okay. Three Chains of Gold. I thought I'd pick off just because it, it's such a, a glorious song. <laughs> There's so okay. much to like talk about. And um, yeah, it's um, okay. So Three Chains of Gold. This experiment to see how many charms will fit a one chain plays like a trailer for the Three Chains of Gold film in Prince's head instead of the eventual TV movie. Its epic six minutes features him rhapsodizing like the finest bohemian and harmonizing with an army of princes filtering up from the Earth's core. The shape-shifting NPG in turn played this one song with enough key and tempo changes that exceeds any normal album's quota and was amazingly recorded in one uninterrupted sitting rather than being stitched together in the studio afterward. Over the top? Yes, but beautifully so. Fuck your albums of identical indie rock that never stray outside their Pixies, Pavement, Punk template of choice. This shoots for the glitter ball moon and doesn't care if it falls short. It's the penultimate song on his Love Symbol album and became, along with the segues, the most obvious carrier of the rock opera concept, drawing the critics' ire and pulling the rest of the album into their firing line. Shot down with shrill cries of indulgence and bombastic by po-faced Vanessa Bolognese. And yes, it realms into silliness, but who likes their rock earnest? This is Queen at Wembley, Ziggy Stardust at the Hammersmith Odeon, The Darkness on Mars, a spandex testimony to the sheer balls-out ambition and virtuosity of Prince in six glorious parts. Oh, lovely, mate. I, you quite like Three Chains of Gold, don't you, judging from it? Um, then again, you like all the songs on this list, one way or another. I reckon that's at about... I, I've, read, I've read this entry. I can't remember where you put it. I'm going to guess 176. What do you reckon, Paddy? I've I've already cheated and looked. Uh, well, all right. What what, what are you gonna What are you gonna um, well, well, All I, right. I, what's, what's the answer? I think it's more around one hundred and sixty-four. Myself. Oh my god, that was a good guess, Andy. Good guess. That was a good yeah, guess, wasn't it? Yeah. I know Torah's style now, so I I, kind of, <laughs> I probably know the numbers better than you. One thing this really prompts me to ask, right? Is do you write things other than this 
website or um, is, is, is sort of writing, creative or otherwise something that you do uh, down other avenues that aren't 500 iterations <laughs> of print? No, no, this is the only thing. It, was a, it started off as a creative writing exercise, really. I wanted a project where I write a little bit every day and it became a good carrier that I started doing it on my commute just to practice my writing really, which is why the uh, ones towards the 500 <laughs> end of the list are a bit shorter and maybe a bit clunkier than the ones later ones, which I've, I've started writing pages on. <laughs> uh, I don't think it shows. Honestly, your writing's lovely. And I'm glad you asked that Paddy. Cause I, when did you, how long ago did you start this? How, you know, ridiculous endeavor. <laughs> 2016. It was a, it was the it was a month after he passed. Wow, wow, that's amazing. I I, I, suppose, I I suspect the answer is more obvious. Was it was it particularly prompted by that, or was yeah. it some? Okay, okay. There's part of the working out some strange feelings that I've just I've never felt upset about a celebrity or someone that I didn't know passing before. It was yeah. it was strange because it was so big a part of my life. To cope with that, I decided that I would listen to his whole back catalogue from For You um, up until the, the most recent in chronological order. It took me a few days. And while I was doing that, there was, there was parts of his back catalogue that I was like, I, I don't listen to this enough just because there's only like maybe a couple of songs that really stand out. And um, so I decided to make a, a playlist of about 500. I've, I've worked out about 500 songs. It would be like, that, that would be like his entire top tier. I'd listen to that nonstop. That in turn led to the blog. Because you, you, um, one thing I love about this whole list is you're very egalitarian, right? You're not fixated on one era. Oh, you're like, and if you are, you mention that in the actual writing, and you sort of say, "When I was a kid, I was really into this, but now that I'm a bit more mature, I can't rate it as high as I'd like to. But my heart's with it. But other things are better. I, fu- you know, me and Paddy are eighties boys, right? And yeah. um, that's no secret. Just for pure, you know, for, for full disclosure, we absolutely love everything. But if you're forcing us into a corner, we have 80s T-shirts on. Well, just for full, <laughs> full disclosure, I don't absolutely love everything. I oh, don't. I do. but, oh, OK, I should kick myself off of the show <laughs> and let you talk. But, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, OK, I kind of do. The thing with 80s is my Sim, it's my Simpsons series one to eight, right? It's golden for me. There's not a bar of badness in it. And after that, it's cherry picking and sort of having to work hard to like some of it. But I've found over the years, I always try and revisit. I try and revisit stuff that I've overlooked at the time. I love talking to you guys on PPUK, Paddy, and the rest who aren't here tonight. Because when we talk about stuff that I might have dismissed a bit at the time, because it wasn't Sign of the Times 2, I find I find myself reevaluating it because you have so much respect for stuff that maybe I missed. And since he, you know, since Prince's death, I find myself listening with different ears and going, what was he trying to do? He was just a human trying to do his best work. So one of the many, many, many things I love about this list is that I will frequently type a song in or go hunting for a song, find it there. And while I'm doing that, I'll start accidentally seeing what's next to it. Oh, and I'll, and I'll follow that link. And then I'll be reading about a song that I have not given the time of day. And I will go and listen to it. You have got me reevaluating songs and eras all over all over again. It's, it's a, a really 
sort of lovely communal catharsis, if that was your catharsis, I think what you've concentrically sort of pushed out into the uh, online stratosphere is those of us on PPUK, as soon as Andy sort of pointed us at the site, started sort of devouring. It's like I said to you, uh, just before I started as well, it, it's not something I'd read through because there's this beautiful relationship of what you bring to when you go and look for your entry that you're interested in, uh, a particular song. And it sort of melds, what you bring melds beautifully with what you've written. And and I just think that's a really sort of wonderful thing. Yet for anybody who wanted to do the job lot, they've got a, a, a long, a long, long list of very, very well-written, thought-out entries. So so as a catharsis, thank you, because it's a very uh, selfishly shared catharsis that's, that brings a lot of joy. But, but also, um, again, sorry, I'll t- let you say something in a moment after we've stopped just like absolutely blowing smoke up. <laughs> Up your lovely skirt, but um, again, what I re- what I really love, I, d- I don't mind who likes what about Prince. I really don't, right? I know what I think, but I just love talking about it. And I like that even in a, in a track that you love, Tora, you'll often say, you know, this bit sounds a bit weak, or it could have been done with being a bit shorter, or what is it? You're basically you're a very very you have a very critiquing mind and very critical thinking. I love Prince. Even the bits I don't love, I love talking about and thinking about them. I'm just not a fan of people who... I'm just not a fan of people, full stop. I'm just not, I'm just not a fan of, like, um, just saying everything is blanket genius. There's stuff to talk about. That's why I like your lists. Well, it would be hard to write about something if you think that everything is absolutely like perfect. And I mean, it is a lot harder to write about something that you like than it is something that you dislike. It is much better to like kind of completely torture track. But what I wanted to do with the list was, I mean, it's my top 500 favourite print songs. So obviously, I, you know, there's something that I love in other songs that I, I put on there. But I did want to be positive like optimistic i don't always um stick to that as you say i do critique and uh, but what i wanted from the um, start was to be like it just to be not very cynical and, and yeah, trying yeah. to try and champion a lot of things i mean but when i do critique parts of a song or, or say i mean a lot of the time i'm justifying its placement in the list and i'm like trying to think of people's feedback they'll be like well i put this much higher and then i'm like almost like pre-defending myself against it. it was, no, I'm putting it here because this is what I feel about. Yeah, but it's such inventive writing. It doesn't come across like that. Well, you, you, you know, you, you must have had a, by now about had to describe guitar solos in about 275 different poetic ways. You know, <laughs> yes. you, you frequently describe, describe guitar solos as um, things like the sound of the universe crashing into the sun or something. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this guy, no, this guy understands Prince. <laughs> That leads me quite nicely into a, another question. Well, actually, two. there's a fork for two questions here, but I'm going to go with, with one of them. How, how much time do you spend prepping an entry? Do you research it? Because you often, you know, you often pull in comments about the 12-inch version. Obviously, there's things on here that um, are outtakes and, you yeah. know, you, you may have just happened to hear somewhere type of thing. Uh, and you do mention live versions. So do you sort of... You get the song that you want in the position you want it. I would imagine originally, obviously, guided by an album version, as you alluded to having listened to the, the um, discography through. But, you know, do you then go and get those different, you know, get a live part, then I go and listen to the, I don't know, the version from the 80s, the version from the 90s, if it's a long standing song. How, you know, what, is there a master plan when you, you start putting together an entry? 
it's not consistent it's um i mean especially early on i was i was trying to do one a day early on so i basically it was in my hour long commute into work i'd have it on my headphones on repeat was typing and trying to work out what i'd say they, they take longer to make now because I mean, especially because the songs, because we, you know, getting into the top hundred, there's songs that I really, really feel passionate. I really want to nail down what I, what it is I love about these songs. Yeah, so it takes a lot more of me really researching the song and listening to it a lot. And I, I'll spend a couple of days just listening to the various versions um, until some angle comes comes to me. A lot of the time. Yeah, you you didn't pick the dance electric to talk about tonight, did you? I didn't know. Is that the one where I'm standing on a train? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, right? Because I didn't <laughs> want to spoil it if you did. But that's, yeah, because what I love is like sometimes you're talking about, you know, you're, you're analysing a Prince song and sort of talking about it like a guy writing a rock book. And then sometimes it's just like a diary. You're like, I was going to research this one and think about it and think about all the different versions. But to be honest, I'm just standing listening to it on a train right now. And it sounds fucking banging, mate. <laughs> um, yeah it, i mean as i say it was a creative writing exercise so that it wasn't i didn't want a like consistent approach it was like however the track spoke to me sometimes i'd like you know just talk about the history of the track and it'd be more fact-based sometimes i'd like write a little story about it that doesn't really make that the track yeah, is just yeah, a yeah. springing board for um and yeah and sometimes it's like a just a diary entry (laughs) again i love that i love how eclectic it is what a mixed uh sort of mixed up stew your list is just uh, and even in that three chains of gold one which isn't i don't even know three chains of gold would make my top 500 but um i love you know i i did not know that story that it was done in one one recording live band session i did did you know that paddy i didn't know i'm saying that i I probably did read it. This is one of the things I was actually going to ask Tora if he's uh, got the recently released um, song, uh, all, all songs, all Prince's songs in the huge tomb that the that guy's done. That's really crap, isn't it? I can't. I should have more. Oh, that book. But, yeah, that book, the really big book about all the songs. <laughs> anyway, it came out a couple of weeks ago, and a few of us bought it. Yeah, but no, I don't I, have it. I possibly read that in there, but I can't bring everything back to back to my feeble brain because it's simply too much. Do you remember, uh, or do you have a number for like you've chosen five hundred? Do you remember what the pool is if you include every Prince released song and you know a bunch of commonly circulating outtakes? Is it is it a thousand? Is it twelve hundred? Is it fifteen hundred? Do you know? I know it's over a thousand. Yeah, um, and. You know, new ones have been kind of yeah, yeah. released all the time and getting added to it. I, I, it's between a thousand and one thousand five hundred, maybe. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? I um I often say the more you know about Prince, the less believable any of it seems. Like you can, you know, you can sort of go, oh yeah, he's the guy who did Kiss and Purple Rain, and then you go, oh hang on, there's like a there's a proto techno song on 1999 like you said Tora called all the credits love you and and then you go oh hang on he also designed the costumes for that tour oh and all his tours oh hang on he also released four albums that year under oh hang on and that and it just becomes more and more unlikely and impossible that I you know I I think Prince is like the greatest black hole ever written you know I I think I've when I think about it I've spent most of my life constantly falling and refalling and refalling into that event horizon that is Prince Rogers Nelson I'm so happy about that yeah, I think, yeah, the same, which is why I kind of turned it into a blog form, at least like trying to 
put it to um, some productive use then, rather than just endlessly, endlessly read things or just bore my, my friends with, the, with those facts. I've got, I've got another idea, right? We're gonna, let's have another of your entries, but don't tell us what the song is. And maybe we'll be, it will be obvious from what you're talking about, but let's have the song title le- later and then we'll guess the number two. So any, any references to the song title, see if you can edit as you go ahead. I, this is like, whose line is it anyway? Now I'm going to make you do it in French, then standing on one leg. Okay, I've, I've got one. That, that don't mention the title. Yeah. Well, well done, because that's something of a curveball. E- easy on him, Andy. Easy. No, no, no. He's not being. He's not being easy on us. He's been obsessing me for the last month. I want to get my own back. Okay, go on. Okay, all right. Eons ago, a diminutive humanoid calling himself the Purple Yoda performed "We Will Rock You" at the Intergalactic Super Bowl. Against the night-coloured backdrop sequined with galaxies, the silver-clad singer fired off flaming arcs of future funk, which lit up the surrounding star systems and caused new religions to be founded. One of these astral volleys eventually released Earth in the year 2010 AD. The music dimmed like distant starlight, a faint echo of its fiery past. Inhabitants were unsure what to do with this strange specimen, and to prevent a mass panic, decided to bury bury it as a secret track on a largely ignored album. And there it still lies, occasionally greeting travellers exploring the outer reaches of Prince's discography and rewarding them with a gift of a conch shell, which will instantly transport the listener back to Casio Pier and the greatest halftime show in the universe's history. Oh, yeah, I know this one. I've read it. it. I haven't read it, but I know what it is. It's Lay Down. It is Lay Down. Yes, come on. (laughs) That's an example of one of your little flights of fancy, and it's perfect. (laughs) And I'm going to say that you put Lay Down at about... 350? Oh, let's have a look. You don't remember. What do you reckon, Paddy? It's an interesting track is laid down because it's got that massive line, Purple Yoda, which has been memed to death and is is a modern beloved speck of Prince Genius. And it also has that we will rock, uh, I don't know, it's 200-ish. It's actually 249, so nearly uh, nearly bang on halfway. Um, but again, so that's a really, it's really great because like you paint a picture of that song, which simultaneously is very evocative. It, you know, it, it, it sort of, it tells you what that song sounds like and feels like. And there's a little, I'm not going to say diss, but there's a little acknowledgement that although it's amazing, which it is, I love that song. And let's face it, as you say, on, on a, and an album such as 2010, not the greatest album. It's a freaking highlight, right? But you say um, it, it eventually reached Earth in the year 2010 AD. The music dimmed like distant starlight, a faint echo of its fiery past. So there's a little poetic hint in there that it's not the top tier thing. It kind of could have been, but it's still got something peppery, correct? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think like the... Uh... The greatest halftime in the universe's uh, galaxy. You think that would be at, at number one in the list? But yeah, because it's two hundred forty-nine. That's only because it's taken that long to get here. Yeah, it's not. It's not vital in the way that, let's say, something like, well, I mean, I noticed that if I was your girlfriend, hasn't happened yet. You've still got about twenty to write. I've got a pretty fair feeling that that's going to be in. There. I have to admit that I've got. 16 songs that I've worked out aren't in your top <clears throat> so far. So I'm sort of like, this is really fascinating now because I'm wanting to see what you're saying about each one of them. But just taking <laughs> taking that uh, lay down snippet as an example, 
again, I, 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 I hesitate to be uh, overly verbose about somebody's writing. Andy's a lot more educated, erudite, and, and a better vocabulary than I have. But no, but I just like, took more shit, mate. Yeah, all that. <laughs> but no, it, you you fill a space perfectly. But I, I say you don't. It, it's a bunch of colours just like splashed on a page and it fills the space perfectly. Using the word factoid is like diminishing, but it's so much like a factoid, fictionoid, all rolled into one, tons of colour and sort of, well, not even sort of entertaining. It's, it's entertaining. It's ongoing entertaining. It's not unlike listening to a track. It's really, really good. It, it's, a really, it's a really nice dance with the song, isn't it? It's a yeah. silly song yeah. and you've written a silly thing, which is entirely in keeping with the spirit of that song. It's, it's You know, this is why... We want to lick your brains. I want some of what he's having, you know. Um, <laughs> easy, Andy, easy. Come on. I, I, I tell you, this guy's been obsessing me. It's 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 not pretty, but there it is. Um, if I can just just briefly head to the to the other fork I was going to um, talk about. I, I initially went with the, um, is there a master plan when you write a track? What do you do? How do you prep? But the other thing I was going to ask was, you have the little um, little chats underneath and people can respond and people can ask questions and people can interact with you with regard to whatever sort of bit of uh, bit of gold you've just given. How was that? But I said, as I say, I admit, I haven't read all, I've got only 22 to go. I haven't, I haven't read all, all of it. I've read quite a few. I'm a, I am a dipper, <laughs> but <laughs> so I, subsequently I haven't read all the comments. How was that? interaction being with the uh with the fan base the enthusiasts the writers you know the readers what and has it developed over time has it altered um since the earlier days it's been largely positive uh, which has surprised me actually i um i expected that i'd feel a lot of um pushback at like some of my choices because i have tried not to cow down to like public opinion and i know tracks like starfish and coffee i like really love but i put that really low down um and um yeah there's been a bit of joshing but it's uh no it's been largely positive i when i started it i had a, a thought there was a um oh sorry sorry you put starfish and coffee at 409 409 <laughs> i said i didn't have any beef with you yeah <laughs> but in it maybe, i, I explain why and then that I've got a story backing that up. <laughs> I, I don't mind where you put anything, you you incomparable monster. <laughs> um, a story involving a spider crawling into my ear in Croatia. You know, there, there's a reason why that's at four oh nine. But um, wow, <laughs> I'll leave you to read that. I, it's fascinating. Me being me for some bizarre reason, I, th- I flew right to number five hundred. Right as soon as I found the page, I thought, well, what's he going to put? That's and I was a bit sort of. Mildly disappointed because I rather like it, but five hundred five hundred is Venus de Milo, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. The level of specificity. I mean, you you haven't literally <laughs> gone right. This is definitely five hundred. This is definitely four nine nine. This is definitely four. You know, how <laughs> did have you got this massive Venn diagram <laughs> where you've got like absolutely love and and so on and so forth? <laughs> what was what's that? What's that? What's that like looking at it from that point of view? Um, 
Well, I think I put together an initial list, and then when I write about it, that's it. That's that's right. Yeah. That's at number five hundred. That's locked in. And then all the other places are still up for play. So when it comes to write the next one, it'll be like, well, I've got this at four nine nine. And then what normally happens? I'll listen to it and fall in love with it again and go, no, that needs to go much higher. And then I'll listen to the next four nine nine. No, no, that needs to go much higher. And there, it's a constant state of flux. And it's a ridiculous idea trying to do a list and trying to fix them for all time that this is my the, the, my 250th favourite Prince song. Cause... I, it, but that's the fun of it, isn't it? It's such an inexact science. It's a, it's a Herculean labour, you know. It's a bewildering... He's back catalog. so vast and it's so, like, chaotic. There's so much in there. And, like, trying to impose order on all these songs, I can understand that that urge and it's, it's yeah. i think it's a very male trait to like relate to lists <laughs> of your favorite songs but it is a uh, false errand <laughs> it's like you can't fix it for a time it just changes but in all truth that the the list is there largely as a pretext for the thoughts and the writing if it was just a if you'd written a list of 500 top print songs and not written a word about them we wouldn't be talking to you we'd be just going there's a guy who likes songs in a certain order it's what you say about them it's another way of like putting them all together as well, mixing them up instead of like going chronologically. It's like you know having them next to each other, and that's how I experienced Prince because I you know did get to him into until ninety nine. So like all of the nineties, all of the eighties, all those I listened to out of order. It was just whenever I came across that CD in the music shop and like brought it back. So it's all jumbled up for me anyway. Sorry, judge, and judging from what what's left to come. I think you fell on the right side of the fence between you and me, but hey, in terms of the uh, decades, shall we say, being slightly, uh, slightly partisan in that one. <laughs> what? What? Are you talking about the, the remaining twenty-one that I've got to do? Yes, yes. You, you know, who knows? Your sixteen may not be in there. They may be neglected, and I've like plumped for <laughs> some real obscure choices. <laughs> Okay, we're back there. A couple of uh, technical issues that hopefully, in in our in our with our excellent mixed down skills, you you will not notice one jot. But I think this is a an apt time to have a third reading by Tora from his rather m- remarkable list. So this is when I lay my hands on you. In the midst of Prince's conversion to his new faith, he wrote a he wrote when I lay my hands on you, a song that viciously rejects the idea of an eternal afterlife by describing sex as the only forever we'll both obtain, the only joy in this forsaken game. This blasphemy, which he belatedly attempts to cover up with a, God forbid, disclaimer the second time around, is a cathartic counterattack of raw sexual energy, the bark of a wild dog refusing to be leashed, and is why Prince warns us in the opening line that his message is not meant for transmission. Welcome to his long dark night of the soul, where a challenger for the title of one true God steps forth as the primordial Eros, not the neutered Eros of later poetry, the mischievous son of Aphrodite whom the Romans renamed Cupid, but the awesome elemental power that the Greek poet Hesiod described as the most beautiful of all the deathless gods. This divine loosener of limbs enters the arena and teases X-rated lyrics out of Prince, causing him to spin a tale of foreplay that culminates in a homage to the Santana song Europa. The re- The result may be the most sensual guitar playing he has ever committed to tape, but behind the sensuality lies a violent clash of swords. Prince once said he doesn't feel sexy when he plays guitar, he feels angry. Here we hear him furiously shredding his sexual frustration with every sinew of his body, resisting being ordained by Eros's intoxicating power, and in the process creating a tender tabernacle for his new lord to step into. 
By the end, a defeated Eros crawls back into his demoted role as chubby cherub of the Renaissance, and an ashamed prince buries this profane lapse of lust in a place that only MPG Music Club members could access, first as a download, and then three years later on a compilation, which to date still hasn't seen a physical release. In 2009, with a battle for his soul comfortably behind him, Prince relaxed his view that the song's message should only be accessed in the privacy of your mind and began performing Mm -hmm. it live, most memorably as the opener to his Montreux appearances where he skips over the blasphemous line in the first show, but in the second appearance summons the courage to scream it to the sky. The crowd melts when his seduction reaches its apex, the point where his fingers reach the capstone and the Santana solo is unleashed to mark the explosion of ecstasy. But to those listening carefully, they may hear behind its bars the beautiful, torturous screams of a banished god. Bloody hell, mate. That is a piece of writing. (laughs) That is what I'm talking about, right? This is exactly... If you read this and you do not want to go and either investigate that song for the first time or revisit it, you haven't read it at all. That made me go and listen to that song for the first time and consider, oh, not for the first time, but to consider it properly for the first time. Well, when I uh, wrote that, well, listening to it before and like listening closely, I never picked up on the, uh, the God forbid, the, uh, that it was like kind of blasphemy. He's talking about the, that sex being the only forever. And, and it's these deep listening that it's made me appreciate so many songs on a different level that I'm like, pick up on things that was like, Gee, that, that's a like that's a real big thing for him to say at that point in his his career. I had never considered it once. I was like, oh yeah, it's the, oh it's that song, the one that goes like that. I never thought about the lyrics, considered them in or taking them seriously at all. But there aren't many Prince songs where he renounces the afterlife, are there? Like you say, so that's quite shocking, and it really it really does add a layer of intensity and kind of darkness to that song within the larger context. Are you a fan of the song? I'm a bigger fan now because of you. I'm not saying you wrote the song, <laughs> but I'm saying you explained it. You rated that really high, if I remember. Yeah. What do you reckon, Paddy? What do you reckon the rating for that is? I'm genuinely not looking at 150-ish. I reckon it's even higher because I just seem to... Not because I'm checking now, but I, I reckon I'm guessing at 94 because I was like... Um, yeah, I, I was like amazed at how high... Oh, wow, it's 46. Whoa. I love that. See, I love that you would have, like, to me, the fairness to, because it's really easy to sort of go, well, the top 70 places go to every song on Dirty Mind through to Love Sexy or whatever, (laughs) you know. Uh, Like, it's so, it's so fair and it's so deep. Have you always found it really easy to, weird question, have you always found it really easy to keep going with it? There's never been any sort of, or occasionally I just, oh, I just, Nothing will come to me. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Or is it always a sort of a constant up? Um, sometimes it, I'll struggle with a song where I'm just not finding an angle or anything that I really want to verbalise about it. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put it off and like come back to it maybe a week later or so. And I'm finding it harder now when it's, as I said before, it's songs that I've you know the top real top songs that I'm like there's so much that I want to say about it that trying to like corral all these thoughts or into like a you know, narrative is uh, can be quite hard I mean that's such nice writing that's t- that and that's high that's 46 which you know I think your writing's great throughout but you can I can definitely see what you said that you got more and more like floral or just maybe you didn't quite say that but you you just found more and more chops as you went along because 
you know, after writing 430 songs odd, by the time you get to 46, you're like, I've really got to push myself to say something I haven't said before, right? Um, yeah, but, and it's um, a lot of the time also I'll, I'll like um, hear something or think of something or be inspired by something and instantly I'm like, oh, what what song can I attribute that to? And then when I come to that song, I've, I've, I've got like notes um, like all scattered yeah, yeah. around, not anything. Yeah, we've got so many notebooks all in different places. And As long as you haven't got a spreadsheet, I think. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, what what are you going to write next? Because is it, it you know, should it maybe you should just write the biopic of Prince's like with this one being filmed already, isn't there? <laughs> um, I don't think I could probably write anything that isn't about Prince. <laughs> I find this easy to well, I wouldn't say easy, but I'm I'm motivated to write um, about this because it, it's something that I'm so passionate about. When I come to like write about anything that. I'm not as passionate about. I find it really hard. <laughs> yeah, so. no, that's that's a good secret. You know, I write for a living, but this is the, this book. Your book, as it were, your blog is the book I wish I'd written about Prince. There's one other book I wish I'd written, which I haven't written yet because I'm too lazy. But this one is how you do it, you know. And like, I, I really another thing I love about your list is you are, you know, a lot about a lot of different types of music. So it's very easy to say. Oh, this one sounds a bit like James Brown and a bit of Stevie Wonder, a bit of George Clinton. But you go all over the shop. You bring in a lot of 90s hip hop. You talk about Colombian music. You know your onions. Sir. <laughs> so, you, you you know, you compare you compare a lot of Prince's deep cuts to a lot of deep cuts by other artists who aren't necessarily your go to's for Prince. And that's really helpful, too, because it just places Prince in a really, really solid framework. Um, well, my music listening has like I haven't always been hugely obsessed with Prince. Sometimes I, it's like kind of dropped out. Like when Planet Earth was released, there was so many like promises of like uh, it's finally back to form. And I listened to it, and I got really disheartened by Planet Earth. I didn't like it at all when it first came out, and I just thought, oh, I think I'm done with new yeah, yeah. Prince releases. I really, I really think Planet Earth's problem was it had to follow thirty one twenty one. Yeah, I think Planet Earth's problem is it's not very good. Don't, don't completely agree, but that's that's for another time. Ah, uh, yeah, of course, of course. It was also a freebie given away with the mail on Sunday, so it's like instantly you're just thinking this isn't worth anything. Um, and yeah, I think I I, I stopped listening to it. I missed Lotus Flower I, when Lotus Flower came out. I didn't listen. Um, you know, I, I wasn't even aware because, in fact, when you say Colombian music, I um I put on a um a night in London, of um sort of Latin American uh, club music, and I there was a two year period where I listened to nothing but Colombian music. Yeah, which you talk about when you talk about Teamo Corazon, which is oh, an interesting, okay. an interesting track for me, right? Because I never liked Teamo Corazon until on PP UK we talked about thirty one twenty one, and I ended up I I, I was dissing. Corazon during that show and then next time we did a recording I said guys before we start and I did this on the show before we start talking about today's subject I need to offer a yeah. what's the word a redaction is that the word uh, um of what I said last time because since we talked about 3121 I have done nothing but listen to Teamo Corazon which has finally unfurled its charms for me that's why I like talking to you guys on PP UK because I revisit stuff that's why I like your list Torah, because it, it makes me it makes me think people I respect for their opinions but don't necessarily agree with have got something to say which opens stuff up for me. And although I am a cantankerous, over opinionated, over 
gobby sh- uh, gobshite, I do have a redemptive streak in me as well that takes on board what you guys say, and I end up learning more. Does the reverse happen? And when you read my entry on Starfish and Coffee, then you like it less? Let's just say, um, <laughs> let's just say, watch your back, Sonny. <laughs> You've got to be careful when you uh, go near side of the times where Andy's concerned. He's, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm all good. I'm all good. It, it, it's all, but it's all, bo- it's all a bonus ball to me. Like for instance, I always think Raspberry Beret is like an unbelievable song. But it, if he had, if he had never done Raspberry Beret, we wouldn't have known what we were missing. It was just yet another sweetie that he pulled out and like it's so casually brilliant there's this song uh, there's this like i'm jewish and at passover at pesach there's this kind of chant called dianu right and i can't do it i can only do the dianu but i don't speak hebrew but it's sort of like la 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 dianu and dianu means we w- it would have been enough so in english bear with me paddy paddy's looking really sus um in, in english it means um like, where is this going? Is Paddy's face? Um, I'm, I'm just thinking. Yeah, and do you know that's a translation for uh, raspberry beret? <laughs> well, no, no, no. I think. Hear me out, right? Like it, the, the the chant that you say at Seder night is like if if God had just delivered the Jewish people from uh, slavery in Egypt, dayenu, it would have been enough. If God had delivered them from slavery and given them food to eat along the way, it would have been enough. Dayenu. If God had give, delivered them, given them food and found them a place for shelter, it would have been... That's how I feel about dayenu. If Prince had just done 1999 and Purple Rain, right? If he had done Around the Wadden Day, but it didn't have Raspberry Beret on it, dayenu, right? But that's a fucking dayenu song. It's And it's just like the man kept on giving. That's why we're here talking about 500 songs. I mean, the Beatles, between them, and I love the Beatles, don't get me wrong, but they 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 wrote and recorded 188 originals during their career as the Beatles. And those four, well, that was three of them and Ringo. We're very blessed to have this Dianu of a man to talk about. And I think that's what inspires like, so much devotion to him because there's just so many it's it's a prince community is a broad church because he 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 covers so many eras so many genres so many styles that he caters for everybody he caters for everyone uh except those who haven't learned to understand him yet um and there's a few people in my life who i'm probably never going to convince i should probably give up i'm 49 as of yesterday oh thank you i did have a happy birthday and um yeah i should probably i i should probably get over like still trying to push prints on people just preach to the converted but i do think for some people they might never discover prints and for others suddenly the penny drops and you realize how to listen to prints and this list will help people get closer i think do you have one more one more entry sure okay strolling and now for an intermission. Put your phone on flight mode, disable notifications and pull the plug on your anxiety. Relax and watch all the things you feel guilty about, parts of 121 to 526 slip down the drain. You'll do a break from Maya's drudgery. And what better way than to dip your toe into this Raleigh chopper ride through an endless ice cream-filled summer? <laughs> Strollin is a John Hughes movie about all the best parts of your childhood. A light jazz reimagining of Lou Reed's perfect day, minus the heroin. Ice Cube's Good Day, minus the AKs. The regularly scheduled programme, a 24-hour live stream of Civilization's Collapse, will soon return. But in the meantime, stay a while in this carefree retreat. You've earned this. Amazing. That is strolling. That is strolling. 
Uh, I can I can see it. I can feel it. I love. What did you say? A BMX bike. What was that line? Rally chopper. Yeah, a rally ride. chopper ride of a song. It's perfect. I. What, what? Let's see what number you. But what do you reckon? What? Where, where do you reckon that fits from the? How positive it is, Paddy. Sixty. Ooh, I think that's a bit high. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two eleven. Let's see. I mean, I could play this game as well because I've. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe. 300? Oh, that's 380? That, what, what's brilliant, Tora, is you're the furthest away. It's 169. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that says it all. So much so much for educated guesses. I love that. That's, that puts the, but again, it, it goes back to what you said uh, earlier. Everything's, whilst you're doing the list over such a, a, a long period of time, everything's in flux. So those thought patterns yeah. don't necessarily lock you down to a certain place. But it's really interesting, right? Because I, I, I quite like, I quite like strolling. I like the line about the dirty magazine because you know, I've got dirty mind, and um, I like Michael Bland's kick drums, which hit in funny places in it. But by and large. I don't love strolling, but then this is Prince we're talking about. And one day I happened to be in New York. I did a apartment swap or a flat swap. I got Brooklyn Heights. The poor man I swapped with got Holloway, but that's life. And um, he's a friend of a friend. He was very happy to be here. But uh, I was walking along, I was was walking along, uh, I don't know, Fifth Avenue or somewhere in Manhattan. It was an absolutely blinding day. I felt in the mood and suddenly all I wanted to do from out of nowhere was listen to strolling. It was like, that is the thing I need right now. And that's what Prince does to you. He's a, he's a vibe. He's an energy, right? That's how the, what the kids say these days. Would, 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 would strolling be in your top 500, Paddy? Top 500. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of room in it, in a top 500, which is why this, uh, this endeavor is so admirable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is less than you think though. Cause there are some omissions for my list where I'm like, well, no, this needs to get in there somewhere. And I can't, I can't. I've, I've noticed a few, but I, I think there is, perhaps there is some cosmic, you see, this is, this is sort of moving away from subjectivity, but I think there is some cosmic alignment with regard to, what most people like a little bit, so it, it does feel like it sort of channels uh, channels someone. As as I say, I've alluded to. I I'm not like you see. I, I I really don't want to try and say anything which implies something that may or may not be there or a, a, a massive weight in one direction or another. Because I want people to go and and look at this site and dip in and read www.500princesongs.com and and just. You know, just smash it to pieces and get in there. So, I, a, it, I kind of yeah, yeah, that. that's great. Smash it to pieces. It's a giant Prince pinata. And if you like what is hiding in Prince pinatas, which is more Prince, you're going to love this. Um, so, we, you said you brought us an 80s one. Let's do an 80s one. Poor When Two Are in Love, a song with no true home. The sweet and lullaby like ballad, his last tailor made side one closer, always sounded like it wandered into the wrong neighborhood on the Black <laughs> Album even more so when nestled up to Bob George on the eventual CD release. And on Love Sexy, it was the refugee stowaway, sheltering under I Wish You Heaven's protective wing. Two places to bed for the night, but no sense of belonging. At one point, it was even scheduled to be the title track of a compilation of ballads. You can't say Prince didn't try to find its fair ever home. But who needs an album setting when your lindrum snaps like teenage hearts and your synths caress with the sound of the universe purring? On second thoughts, when Tour in Love probably found its rightful home on the flip side of the scandalous seven-inch single, 
two drum machine halves forming a perfect yin-yang of love and lust. Beautiful. I mean, marry me. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got, um, let's see, 18 to go now? Uh, 21. Sorry, 21. Of course. I don't know. I want to be that guy again. Where do you think two in love uh, rates as a guess? All of you. Oh, I'll ask Paddy first. Um, 120. Okay. Do you do you know, Tora? Do you remember? <laughs> I'm 170. Okay. I'm going to do that thing they used to do on The Price is Right and just like gazump you, Paddy. I'm going to go 121. Oh, God. I know, right? What? Oh, Tora. Tora takes the prize. It's one eight seven. Yeah, that surprised me. <laughs> Tora, what what does life hold for you then when you've uh, fired number one into its um, prestigious slot? What <laughs> wow. what are you gonna do? There's gonna be a big hole to fill. Um, I've I mean I want to put this collection into a book. I've already started um, re-evaluating the list. Well, I've I've basically, for the book form of it, I'm I'm ditching the actual ranking order thing because I I couldn't... It's proven too much of a rod for me in fact that. And there's several omissions that I've I've grown to love since starting the list that it's too late to put them in now, which I've I've already written, you know, about 25 new entries that aren't going to make it into the list, but are replacing ones that I may have fallen out of love, like early, like in the lower down of the list. Um, so, I mean, that's another reason why my um, productivity has uh, slacked off a little bit as I've been um, rewriting it <laughs> a little bit. So, I'd love to get that published. I like the idea that, like, sorry, this is going to be quite morbid, right? But may- maybe your like dying words will be. I- uh, I was wrong about starfish and coffee. It should be. <laughs> it should be seventy nine places higher. <laughs> Um, well, I've, uh, in in the the chat here, Paddy, you've um, suggested um, let's work maybe in the final twenty one. I, I I hate to inform you that I've already written about that, and that is really low down, and that is one that I feel bad about. And I I don't I you know I I did it. I put it there. I put it out. I can't take it back. But I would put let's work a lot higher up now. Let, let, you put it out. Let's see what you put it at. You monster. Oh my God! No, what? Why did we have this guy on? This guy doesn't know. Three ninety. There are thirty nine albums worth of songs better than Let's Work. Are there, you ogre? So my 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 failing there was when when I was checking what I thought was and wasn't there. I didn't put the check that low the uh, <laughs> the little hyphen or apostrophe oh. between the T and the S. So I didn't return the didn't return the uh, the search because, as I say, I. I thought as I, I looked over it a little bit, I saw some patterning and I didn't think that one was there. Oh, well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, 390 is a long way down for that, baby, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of that song. I um, I, I know from what you've said, I, I mean, you're, you mustn't say anything, but all the critics is going to be in the top 20. Well, I've already mentioned that, that that's a, uh, a, yeah. like a key, but, but <laughs> key uh, I'm really, moment. I'm really glad it is. That's in my top 20, as is if I was your girlfriend, which I cannot imagine is not going to be in the top 20. My, if I was your girlfriend is my number one print song. I'm going to give you my top 500, right? It's if I was your... Stop. No, 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 listen. It's, if, you, if you're letting go, it will do this. It will I, no, do no, this. I really Stop. won't. It, my, my, my top 500 is, it's one is if I was your girlfriend, and then it's like... Oh, it changes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, I've got, I've got, I've got about twenty that I know that bump around 
the top 20. But I, I, I couldn't do what you do. I think it's amazing. As I skirted around it earlier, then, what it, have you had any particular disapproving comment towards a song? Has anybody strongly sort of told you you've wrecked their life by putting something at number 41 and not number one? Sort huh. of thing? Um, no, I don't remember off the top of my head anything like really strongly worded. Or if uh, I think I've had a couple of comments where I've replied, I've replied to most of the comments, and they've kind of quickly backed down when they realised they were just venting on the internet and they realised, like, oh, actually, he's, he's well, talking back. They, they, they know they're up against like this absolute maniac. Like these guys, <laughs> these guys are just day trippers. Oh, I don't like that. But then when the guy who's actually ranking five hundred songs comes back at them, they have got no game. <laughs> I think I put um, one thing. I feel a little bit bad. I put. I think it was my love is forever. Um, I can't remember where I've put it. It wasn't too low down. But it wasn't top 100. And someone mentioned that it was their, their daughter's wedding Aww. song. And it's quite a weddingy song. And then I felt really bad. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I should have put it like, like, hang on, this ain't your list. Well, you, put, you put it at 400. <laughs> it wasn't my wedding song. You put it at 417. And I'm going to now find. Did I? Did I really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 417. Oh, no, I feel bad about that then. I mean, but my wedding song was Get Off. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> oh, that's romantic. Like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't Wedding Feast then. <laughs> no, that's number one. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> wow. And on that, bombshell. Um, I, uh, my love is forever. I, I sometimes read the comments that are written under here, but most, you know, mostly I don't. There's a, I, I think when I was reading The Sacrifice of Victor entry, somebody mentioned that it was the, literally their favourite print song of all time, The Sacrifice of Victor, which just goes to show, you know. Yeah, I think I've had a couple of people like say that there's definitely in the top five, which is it's surprising. I love I love hearing people. Yeah, it's amazing. It's always intriguing. It's it's amazing. I mean, you know, they're they're wrong, but um, I no, I'm being silly. I, what I meant to say is like <laughs> it, it, I can only assume that it, you know it's a pretty good tune, but the lyrics because they're so personal in that song, and that's very rare for Prince. Yeah, people. I guess, feel a connection with that song that I happen not to so much. The lyric that always gets me as being one of his most personal is in Way Back Home, where he says that startling line, most people are born dead, but I was born alive. And that just chills me to the bone. That's like the most frightening line he ever wrote. And I do include others here with us in that assessment. Imagine being, to me, that sounds like the most naked line he ever wrote. And imagine feeling that different from most people. It's like shockingly arrogant, but it's fully justified because he was Prince. And that album is just like, <laughs> just a complete... And so, like late in his career, just showed they still had like the power to like release classics. We've we've done a PPUK on um, artificial age, and again, as you as you write, Tora, a lot of these songs, you know, a lot of mu the experience of popular music is how, when it hit you, why it hit you, at what stage in your life, and like, if you got into Prince in the nineties, mm. when you were as you say, formative years, maybe 13 to 19 years old, that stuff goes in deep. There is nothing, I, I honestly, people aren't wrong because they like different stuff from me. They're just less right. I love, I, again, and the way that you're coming at it, there's a certain purity to it. If you heard it, you know, you didn't, you, you heard it in, in not necessarily in the chronological order. Um, I think that gives you a much better I, I don't know. I, I think whatever's popular at various times outside of the Prince sphere as well is always sort of an inevitable comparative in some respects. But but yeah, it was a good way to come at it. And again, you, I mean, it's so weird 
sort of uh, having a safety catch that stops me from asking what your favourite <laughs> favorite tune is and having a, 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 a built-in knowledge of having looked at the, particularly, shall we say, the, the top 100 so far and, and not wanting to delve into the ones which I know aren't there because I just want people to go and read it and people to actually go and make their own mind up and, and work that out. I won't say what's at 22 because now we're getting to the sharp stuff, but that's the last one you've written. So we've got 21 to go. When are you going to drop the next one, Tora? Well, it's, I mean, I've got one ready to go. I wrote it maybe like six months ago, but that was another one that I'm like, no, 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 it shouldn't be here. Maybe the next one. Still, <laughs> you're still thinking. I still, I still keep pushing it along, keep kicking it down the road because it needs, I fall, every time I listen to it, I fall in love with it more. Okay. So it may, no, I, I do know what the next one is going to be. And I've, I've written a bit of it, but I get distracted really easily and I've got really distracted with um, my art on Instagram at the moment. So I've, I've, I've neglected the, is this, uh, the, the blog. Is a this going to be an unfinished work like, um, like uh, <laughs> The Mystery of Edwin Drood? I may have got it wrong. I think there's Dickens' last novel, which was unfinished. Right. Yeah. Mystery of Edwin Drood. Are you going to just leave us hanging? Are you going to pass from this sphere, right? <laughs> that would without us knowing what your last seven were or something? Because I can't take that, man. <laughs> yeah, that isn't my intention. I hope that, I hope that doesn't happen, happen too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you get down to your last three and decide you've had enough, you'd better emigrate because Andy will find you. There's, there's no yeah. to raise that. <laughs> yeah, then the gloves are off. I, I, I won't be a happy boy. So anyway, because because obviously you know your Prince tunes in depth, big style, I was one general Prince question I just wanted to ask you from one enthusiast to another. <laughs> what would you What would you like to hear from the estate next? And how have you felt about the releases so far? Ah, good question. Um, I'm with these um, like super deluxe releases. I'm all about the vault material. It's, um, I mean, I, I like listening to live performances, but I, I just don't get that same like excitement when it's they unearthed like a track that no one's like heard before, like or only have like heard the title and it. Yeah, I actually get to hear it for the first time. That that's what really gets me, me racing. Um, and I think they've done it well. In fact, that 1999. Purple Rain, Side of the Times. They're, they're the years where there's a lot of unreleased <laughs> music around those times. As, as for what comes next, I, I'd, I'd be happy as long as, <laughs> with any period, as long as there's, there's, there's songs that I haven't heard mm. before. I mean, obviously, the, the 80s, it, there is a lot more in the vault back then. I mean, the, the ones in the 90s, I think the vault material isn't as <laughs> as strong, um, especially as it will we'll release uh, Crystal Ball. You know that that was like a lot of the. Um, well, no, that was mostly in Dream Factory. Uh, big mix, yeah, big mix. I mean, it's yeah. relative, isn't it? There's, compared to like any other human artist, there's still quite a lot of stuff in the vault from yeah. the '90s. You know, yeah. I mean, he was he was still pretty superhuman for most of his recording career, if not all of it. But no matter what gets released, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, but I was going to ask that as well, or something along those lines, which is like, is it not a little bit worrying that when some of things released, you're like, I've never heard this track before, but now this is going to shift everything in the list from 412 upwards or, uh, or downwards? <laughs> well, I've got, a, I've got a cutoff point. My cutoff point was everything that he released in his lifetime. But then <laughs> there, was, there were songs that I'd... I'd um, lost their appeal to me that were in the list that like I had to bump and then I had to replace them with things and there were things leaking like um, 
just after you know in the first couple of years there were some like great mm. tracks that have made it in so like come electric tuesday's made it in and um um i'm trying to think what what else but that have missed the uh you know that, that came after that deadline but i think the deadline now is the end of 2017 I mean, there's, there's obviously there's nothing from Welcome to America in there or would you, Revelation. If you didn't have a cut-off point, would you put anything from Welcome in there? Born to Die, I think it's a great tune. Yeah, yeah I, uh, oh, that's not my favourite. I, yeah, I like Born to Die. I'm still trying to work on Welcome to America. I finally, PP UK fans who care, finally understood the Rainbow Children. Finally, really, really <laughs> enjoying that album from start to finish. So give me another four years and maybe maybe another 14 years and I'll like Welcome to America a way bit more. I think Rintin Tin's a great track off it as well. Yeah, the lyrics don't mean anything to me. It's hard. It's hard. I like the tune. But... I don't listen to lyrics that, that much. Oh, Man After My Own Heart. I don't either. I mean, uh, uh, I unsurprising being a guitarist playing, but I, yeah, I'm not as... M- I, I do to a degree, but it's much more about ensemble melodies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like uh, m- music for me too, but... It, to me, Rin Tin Tin, seeing as we're here, uh, Rin Tin Tin, and we've done this as well, but I like the, uh, it, it's like kind of minor arabesque prints, which I like, like all that, or, you know, there's a kind of Eastern vibe to the, Eastern sinister sort of minor vibe to the tune, like the arrangement, but I want a lyric that means a little bit more for me to give me the goosebumps that will let me into that tune properly, because I've heard prints do minor Eastern weirdness a few times i need a i need one more hook on that song and it's and it's to me something that's not quite as obscurely weird as the lyric of that song would help there i've said it sorry prince <laughs> cool i i really hope that this one way or another this progresses to a, a published book because i think it's thoroughly deserving i think it'd be a great read i think the time's probably right around now because there are a few things like that floating about and uh, I've read, I'd looked it up, I can't believe I forgot it's, yeah, it's Prince All The Songs, it's a very obvious title, and I've read probably about three quarters of it now. I think your offering would be so different, but in that pool and a benefit, it would be a brilliant thing to see out in, in, in print, so I really hope one way or another that happens. I think for casual listeners, this would bring Prince, uh, it would bring them into Prince's orbit a lot more. And it's fascinating, even if you don't know much, you start to realise there's a universe behind what they might know as the kind of poster boys for Prince songs and Prince albums. And for hardcore, rabid fans like ourselves, it's just what you said before, Paddy. It's a Prince piñata of, uh, you know, almost infinite joy. So it works It works for everyone. It, you couldn't read this stuff and not get interested even if you didn't know anything about you'd start to realize there was a world here that some that people care about and that you should start investigating so i hope it gets a really really wide audience 500printsongs.com guys that's what we've been talking about as you probably know by now but i can't say it enough you're writing the book that i wish i'd written and we appreciate it thank you oh thanks guys thanks very much one of the best one of the best prince reads online i can think of and it's from again that idea of sort of a shed concentrically flowing out catharsis is like the galaxy spreading out from the big bang it really does make me think in those terms when i read your entries it's a fantastic piece of work mate what Thank we're trying so to much. what we're trying to say toro 
You're number one on our chart. Oh my god! <laughs> and on on that note, um, on that note, we will bid you good evening. Thank you very much. Ah, thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Good night. Good night. Bye.